Welcome to the Digital Dream Out the Ground Podcast. It is your host for the most, Asif Ali. You're joined today with my co-host for the most, Cortez Branch Jr., number two four. Cortez, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing today? Been good. It's been a minute since we back. Been been on here. It's been over three months. Our last episode was September 21st. It's December 9th, so basically three months. Um, <laughs> and right before right before we started, you know, we were gonna we're gonna get into the main topic of today, the NFL. But obviously, we talked about wrestling. There's a crazy chaos wrestling world, which we're gonna talk about, you know, in a bit after we go through kind of the major NFL headlines for tomorrow. Um, but yeah, obviously, let's talk with, with our with our mutual friend who we both uh, interviewed in our last episode. Just incredible, uh, parkour legend who just made his return yesterday. Uh, what's your take on Justin Credible's comeback? I mean, because I'm, I'm I'm pretty hyped. <laughs> hey, hey, Justin. Hey, uh, I appreciate the you going out there doing your thing, man. Um, keep at it. Like you, you're young enough. You're younger than most of the guys that are coming back. You're definitely younger than Sting and Rick. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I think Justin Credible at the age of the young age of fifty years old. A very young 50, like Adam Copeland, Edge, or Christian Cage, Jay Riso, yeah. or Chris Jericho, who's over the age of 50, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of guys who are basically proven that they can still that they still have their medal. It's incredible to see, and it's just incredible to see how these guys are still, you know, operating at such a high level. But you know, I mean, best luck to him. You know, obviously Justin Fielson this. We look forward to having you back on in the near future. Now. Let's get into the topic of that I want to talk about because I've been kind of binge watching this game all weekend um, of live, the game from last weekend, the highlight game, the NFC, the 49ers. Last time we were on, we talked about the Eagles. You and our co-host Devin, who couldn't make it today, <laughs> you both told me the Eagles are, you know, a superior team to any other team in the NFC. Um, the, and the Eagles did actually end up winning, beating Tampa Bay. Um, you know, and they have uh, the Eagles are still the number one seed, so they are still a superior team. But we saw last week what happened when the San Francisco 49ers went in, you know, fully rested, fully healthy to Philadelphia oh, and Lincoln Financial Field. If you field. remember, I said, number one, my man's Debo Samuel. And number two, my guy, Christian McCaffrey, if they Stop were them. healthy this late in the season, they were going to be a tough team for Philadelphia to deal with because Philadelphia, my, while they are physical, San Francisco's entire team is a physical football team. And I remember <laughs> saying this. I was like, I think that Philadelphia is a better team, but I think that San Francisco is the more physical team. And let's face the facts. You, in football, sometimes the more physical team will win, and dominantly, they will beat you down to the point of where you don't want to play anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, you know, obviously, and Trent Williams, Trent Williams, in my opinion, you know, obviously you, you play in the running back position, you can speak to this in a bit, but having a healthy offensive line and the more importantly, having a, the best left tackle in the, in the league in the game today, be healthy. You saw the difference when the Niners went on that three game skid, you know, they started out five and early, then they lost three straight. They almost beat Cleveland at Cleveland. They lost, you know, yeah. Jake Moody couldn't make the, the couldn't make the field goal. They lost at Minnesota. Um, they lost, you know, the who's the other game? Oh, against Cincinnati. Secondary got exposed pretty badly against Joe Burrow. Um, but you know, obviously, with since Debo has come back after that game, since Trent has come back after that game, you know, it has opened up a completely different dimension of this offense. Um, Kyle Shanahan has basically opened up the playbook to make it so that Christian and Debo are just able to get in open space and challenge you to tackle them in open space. And as you know, as I know, as anyone who's ever played knows, 
the most difficult assignment that you can do in football as a defender or a linebacker or a defensive back is an open field tackle. <laughs> Especially for the running back, which you can speak to in a bit. But, I mean, it's just incredible to see kind of the, the night and day kind of transformation between. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I see it, baby. I see you, baby. Yeah. I'm, 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 I got I'm, I'm, one on the, the ground and I got one that got lifted up off his feet. So, yeah, open field tackle. <laughs> Open field tackle is not for everybody. It is not, and uh, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you the floor in a bit, but let me just, let me just, let me just, just close off this point, okay? With the 49ers now, with Brock Purdy right now, with the way that they're playing, uh, clicking on all cylinders offensively, and with that improved secondary, even with the loss of of Talanoa Hafunga, with a, with a starting Pro Bowl safety, with a rookie Jair Brown stepping into the game, it makes it. It, it it adds it makes a team you know that it shows you kind of how next man up is basically you know been a mantra for that for that defense and Steve Wilkes against Philadelphia I think if I read the numbers correctly he only blitzed twelve percent of the time that was a season low so they they didn't have to even with their front four they didn't have to go after Jalen Hurts they didn't have to run the backfield go five yards you know leak leak behind center and try to tackle him and then and then that exposes you know a man in the flat. They basically contained him that whole time. And, you know, with the loss of Shane Steichen to the Indianapolis Colts, the Nick Sirianni is still, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NFL. I mean, I hate to say that as an Irishman, but he is he's clearly one of the best coaches in the NFL based on resume so far and, and, and results. But, you know, what we've seen with the, with the 49ers and what we've seen with the Eagles, more importantly, is the Eagles this year have won so many games, and they are still the cream of the crop because of record. But I feel like that game last week showed us like what Nick Bosa said yesterday, what's the blueprint and how to beat the Eagles? And we're going to talk about tomorrow's Sunday night matchup, which is going to be, in my opinion, the game of the year for the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, because that's going to determine foul positioning. But, you know, kind of what you, to your point, with Debo Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey, how Christian McCaffrey being the NFL rushing yards leader, you know, you're two four, he's two three, right? And Debo Samuel, number 19, right, being the wide back, you know, in open space, as well as kind of coming in the backfield, how far can this team go if fully healthy? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, and uh, I'm going to address that statement you made because it was perfect. Yes. <laughs> if you guys watched college football this year, you would have seen Colorado steamrolling teams putting up 40, 40 plus points a game for the first five, six games. What you did not see was when a team taught the rest of the nation how to beat Colorado. And Colorado didn't lose because they were garbage. I wish people would stop saying that. Colorado didn't lose because they were garbage. They had all-stars on that team, studs. The reason that Colorado lost is because teams found out how to expose their offensive and defensive lines. And when it comes to football, one of the number one things that you're going to have an issue with is players getting overwhelmed with physicality especially in college. So when you make it to the NFL, you make it to the higher leagues, the AFL, and all of the other leagues that are out there, XFL, now the merge with the USFL, all of the overseas leagues, the international leagues and the teams. You know, one of the things that you find out is the next level of football, they don't stop. They do not stop exploiting your weakness. If they find a weakness, they will exploit that weakness the entire game. They will put three, four, five different guys out there to do the exact same job to exploit your weaknesses. What San Francisco did was perfect. They exploited 
the weakness in the in the strong Philadelphia Eagles football team. And that's that if you keep their defense on the field, their offense does not have time to get ready. Their offense doesn't get going. It doesn't get the click. Keep their defense on the field. You saw Brock was dipping and dunking. I don't think he threw a pass over 15 yards for three quarters. Like, I'm not talking about yards after the catch. I mean downfield. I don't think he launched any bombs for three quarters. I think he was just having fun, giving the ball to his three, his three backs, his wide outs, you know, and, and just doing his thing that way. And when you got when you got Ayuk, when you got McCaffrey, when you got Samuel, you know, when you got Williams in the backfield, you got everybody. And you got an offensive line that's just disgusting. San Francisco was primed to beat to, to beat uh to beat Philadelphia. And I and I said it, the more physical team was gonna win that game. And guess what? There ain't nothing not physical about San Francisco. Nothing not physical about San Francisco. You go to San Francisco, you're gonna get you're gonna get punishing game. They like being hurt. They like playing like that. They love physicality out there. And I don't give them, I don't blame them, especially if you're in San Francisco. It's nice, warm. You know, the sun's beating down on you. Half the stadium's covered in sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> the other team can't see. Beat him. <laughs> Beat him down. Beat him into the dirt. It's going to be great. 100%. No, and I think kind of to your point, you know, I think, like you said, you know, the physicality and that was, and, and, and the matchup problem that I presented, I think kind of to that other point, like you said, how San Francisco likes to play in that style of, 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 of physical, of physical play offense. I think one of the things, you know, with Trent Williams and kind of with this kind of, I want to say not necessarily new offensive line, but there has been some, you know, some key losses. Like we lost Daniel Brunskill, you know, Mike McGlinchey on the right side. Mike McGlinchey was a revolving door, though. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, that, that's not really a loss when you look at it. I mean, yeah, Denver is obviously still six and six, you know, with, with, with you know, with winning five of the last six. But I mean, Mike McGlinchey, you know, yeah, he's good for a team like that that's trying to become a playoff defender. But for a team that's ready to win it all, I think he's not a good fit for that team. It's going to be really hard to keep San Francisco out of that title game. I'll tell you that right now. 100%. And I think kind of that's where I was going with them with my question, right? Because I think kind of with a healthy McCaffrey, you kind of alluded to it, with a healthy Debo Samuel and kind of what you said, you know, the different type of schemes and how everyone on the defense side of the ball has to kind of rejigger their 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 their, their schemes and 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 and, and their uh, thought process. Look at the landscape. Look at the teams that can fight against them. Let's just let's just throw out some teams, okay? Yeah. Minnesota's hurt. No, <laughs> yeah. Nothing against Dobbs. Minnesota's right. injured. Minnesota's right. injured. Nothing right. against Dobbs. Minnesota's injured. Chicago is a one man wrecking crew. Two two if you count DJ Moore. Okay, <laughs> so you got two guys on Chicago that are gonna. No, it's not gonna work. Mm -mm. Um, Green Bay is just green. That's the best way to place Green Bay. They're green. You know, they got pretty much new everything in Green Bay. It's it's the same old thing, but all new. Most of the players everybody knew from Green Bay are gone. Most of the veterans went to other places, signed with new teams, signed with other green teams. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. The Jets, they're not doing nothing. New England's not doing nothing. Tampa's not ready yet. This is a decent season, but it's not a great season. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville's not going to be a problem. Um, the Chargers are just not ready. They're wasting Justin Herbert because they're not ready. And it's okay to not be ready. As long as you know where you're not ready so you can get better next year. The Saints hurt. Again, hurt. They're just hurt. 
and their coach makes some questionable decisions. Denver is not well, Denver's Denver. They're not they're not a powerhouse. They're we might make it, we might not. Better than last year. I mean, Kansas City, I feel like we're watching Kansas City fall. I feel like we're watching them fall. Is that does that mean take them easy? No. Odds are Kansas City goes and faces Philadelphia. And Philadelphia and Kansas battle it out. And then San Francisco will run over both of them. Well, yes. Yeah, well, Kansas City already faced Philadelphia. (laughs) And Philadelphia already beat them. But KC had an opportunity with even with like to your point with all their deficiencies. Um, you know, and 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 MVS just couldn't just couldn't haul it in. And um, you know, I think for the AFC, this is this is who I think, you know, or basically like you know, kind of to your point about the power rankings. I think it's Baltimore right now. I think Lamar Jackson is playing at a at an MVP caliber level. I think that that what that that what Greg Roman. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Greg Roman, but John Harbaugh, Greg Roman, right? And obviously, my coach from coach coach my coach from San Jose College, Coach Keith Williams, get the get to the show, right? That's my college coach right there from JUCO. I mean, you know, he's he's coach of the wide receivers, great. Um, that Baltimore team is a team to, to be reckoned with. Um, and I think you outside see them of Baltimore, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can see them in the Super Bowl for the AFC. I think for AFC championship matchup, if it's not Kansas City, which I think it probably will not be this year because I don't think they'll have home field advantage, even though they do have a cupcake division. And even if they have home field advantage, they've shown so many deficiencies in terms of Patrick Collins not trusting the receiving core. I mean, losing Juju Smith-Schuster, you see Tyreek Hill having an MVP caliber season in Miami. That's the other team who I think is looked out for in the AFC. I think right now so it's Baltimore. AFC, you, you'll say, I'll, I'll say in the division game, it'll probably end up being, well, AFC, I'm I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Baltimore, Miami. I don't think Kansas City makes it to the AFC title game. Yeah, I think AFC championship game will probably be both Miami, and I think it's gonna be at Baltimore. If it's gonna be at Miami, depending on where it is, whoever whoever has home field advantage will end up winning that game. Um, but with that said, in, NFC. I want to see this game with Dallas and Philadelphia. The Dallas Philadelphia game will determine who faces the 49ers. I'm 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 saying it right there. Dallas-Philadelphia game determines who faces the 49ers. 100%. Because the 49ers have, have steamrolled, to your other point, they steamrolled both these teams in, early in the season. Well, if you have Philadelphia last week, Dallas obviously back in September. Or October, I forgot which month it was. But, um, yeah, there's that. those games are going to determine, to your point, I want to say the 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 Cowboys-Eagles game tomorrow, now we're going to get into this because I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm so hyped and locked in this game. I don't know why. So the reason I'm more hyped about this game that was up the Niners going to Philadelphia last week. I mean, Dallas at Philadelphia at Dallas, because if you remember when Philadelphia and Dallas played, I watched the re- replay of that yesterday on NFL Network. Dallas was in many situations in that game at Philadelphia where they could have they could have turned the tide in numerous situational kind of play calls. You know, obviously with Dak just not knowing where he was on the field when he basically scrambled out of bounds. You know, that pass interference, that was a no call. I think I think it was on Hendershot, if I'm not mistaken, 87. Um, you know, which would have gave Dallas the ball at the two. Um, you know, there's so many, and 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 then there's just you know Dron Bland, you know, getting burned, you know, a few times by AJ as well as Devontae Smith. I mean, so there are miscues from their from the defense secondary and miscues, you know, on offense and defense with Dallas. But I think now that they've since 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 that game, they've they've gone and I think they've won six straight six or they've gone six one in the last seven. So Dallas and now they and now beating Seattle, that, that's kind of like, you know, a I want to say above 500 team, which is when I play tomorrow. I think Dallas, you know, if they're able to somehow eke out this win, 
Yak, the big talk right now by the talking heads is whether or not Brock Purdy deserves to be MVP or if it should be Dak Prescott, right? So the question is, you know, if Dak Prescott can get this game tomorrow, you know, does that mean that he's MVP runner? Maybe it does. I mean, I have no problem with saying that. However, if Dak yeah. cannot win this game tomorrow against Philadelphia, then I think you have to put Brock just by default as number one for MVP. Um, a lot of people are saying Tyreek Hill. A lot of people are saying, you know, whatever. But like to your point, you know, Brock's Purdy, Brock Purdy's yards after catch this season are only 48% of his passes are, or 48% of his total yards in the air are coming after catch. So 50, over 50% of his passing yards are through the air. Okay. And just to give you perspective, the last five MVPs outside of Lamar Jackson, every single MVP for the last five years, Patrick Holmes, Aaron Rodgers twice, what have you, right? They all had yards after catch. Fifty percent of the total passing yards were yards after catch. <laughs> so even the 49ers are the Yak Boys with Debo, Brandon yeah. Ayuk, right? George Kittle. Yeah. They're, and Kittle is playing at an at a at an all time level right now. Oh yeah. That's something <laughs> that they didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. Right. Kittle Kittle is much better this year than he was last year, and that 100%. is not a shot at Kittle because I thought he was great last year. As you as you know, I draft him every year. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, uh, in fantasy football, right. as, as, you know, I dra- like I hate to say it, but hey, three guys that I draft in, in two different leagues, I draft Kelsey, I draft Kittle, and I'm I'm, I'm going to say it because man, look, man, look, Cole Komet, I draft you every year, bro, and every <laughs> year I ended up dropping you or trading you right before you start to heat up, and then you heat up, and the team that I play is blows me up because you score like thirty points. Mm-hmm. That, it, I don't understand you, but you know, Cole Komet, Chicago hometown guy, keep keep up the good work. I just can't have you on my team anymore. And on my fantasy team, you can stay on the Bears all day. Stay on the Bears all day, Cole Komet. We we like that, you know. But, <laughs> but I can't pick you on my fantasy team. You don't help me win at all. Hundred percent. No, and I was uh, gonna say, I was gonna say, one other tight end in that mix was actually out right now. Mark Andrews is the one who, in my opinion, is the third best tight end in the league when healthy. He's out for the season, right? Because of his injury. He's out for the season. Yeah, I had him yeah. too. I yeah. had him too. And so, obviously, with without 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 Mark Andrews, that's why I think Baltimore is a little bit at a disadvantage. At a little disadvantage. The only reason their their backup's decent. And that's what I'm saying, right? As I was gonna say, uh, Lamar Jackson is. We're not giving Lamar Jackson enough credit as, as a quarterback as what he's been able to do, innovating kind of you know ways of next man up and still being able to be on pace. You know, for well, I mean, his numbers aren't that impressive. He has 13 touchdowns and five picks through through you know however many games, 12 games, right? Lamar but as a game changer. Hundred percent. He's a winner. Like that's something that like people can people can talk about players as much as they want. But look, I'm not. I don't. I don't care about the stat error. We talked about this too. Stats are not everything. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm looking for winning. And and I, and like I like like I've said before, stats are good when you're a kid, when you're playing fantasy football, or you know if you're playing Madden, or if you're trying to pad your numbers so you can make it on some list. But let me tell you something, guys. Everybody who's out there that watches us, everybody like this is going to be one of those those show statements that I make. Stats are nothing. I don't care what your stats are. Do you win games? If you win games, I don't care if you pitch 105 miles per hour or if you pitch 85 miles per hour. Win the game. I don't care if you can dunk or if you can only lay up or if you can only granny shot. Win the game. You know, I don't I don't care if you run a 4-1, a 4-2, or a 4-3, or a 4-9. Win the game. I don't care if you can march the ball 70 yards or 30. Win the game. All I care about is winning. And a lot of people who are athletes, they only care about winning. 
Because at the end of the day, when all the stats are broken, when all the records are over, because somebody's always going to break your record, what's, what they're not going to do is win four, five, six, and in one case, seven championships. Everyone talks about winning and, and breaking records, but what's more important than anything is those championships. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I am one of those guys that believes that winning championships adds to your greatness. If you want to talk about greatest of all time, how often did they win? Right. And that's nothing against Dan Marino. But I guarantee you, if Dan Marino had even one Super Bowl victory, they would talk about Dan Marino a whole lot more. Because Dan Marino doesn't have a championship, but Jim McMahon does. And I don't know if that hurts some people's feelings, but when they talk about Hall of Fame statistics, the first thing they talk about is how many championships he won. And if you guys haven't realized that San Francisco is on championship or bust, that's what they're doing. And I don't fault them for it at all. I think Philadelphia is on the same thing. But like I said, once a team learns how to beat you, you're in for a rough month. You know what I mean? This whole next month for Philadelphia is going to be their proving ground. And I would hazard a guess that Dallas tries to beat them the exact same way that San Francisco did. Mm -hmm. Because Dallas has a few guys on their team that can replicate what San Francisco was doing. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, no. I'm going to tell you 100% right. <laughs> they might have the best edge rusher in the game. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you have to factor that in with Tank Lawrence on the other side, right? You got Demarcus Lawrence on the other side, and then you got 96. I forget his name. I keep forgetting 96. But the big the big boy, you know, on the inside, on the interior. I mean, they, they can literally do the exact same thing Dallas can. With their personnel, you know, obviously losing Trevon Diggs yeah. hurts. Right. But up front, those big boys up front, they can replicate exactly what, what the Niners did last Not week. Not to mention Dallas also runs the same play that that gets them all their short down yardage. Mm-hmm. Dallas seeing seeing your own team run that play all year, feeling it from, from what it looks like tomorrow. What's the difference between Christian McCaffrey and McCaffrey and Tony Pollard? McCaffrey's better. That's about it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Fundamentally, yeah. they're the same guy. Mm-hmm. They both run downhill. They both run hard. I feel like McCaffrey has a little bit more of I'm not giving up in him Yeah, than Pollard. Yeah. But Pollard's a lot younger. It's only, what, his third season in, in the league? Mm-hmm. First season as a full-time back. You know, the premier back, as they call it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. First season as a premier back. Zeke's over in New England. Beating up on Trubisky and, and, and Q and crew this weekend. But you know, that's that's something that we gotta look at. Like Dallas is gonna give it to Philadelphia. Yeah. And they might win. Very much so, yeah. And you know and me, if- I'm not a Cowboys fan, I'll tell you that. Dallas is gonna give it to Philadelphia and they might win. Philadelphia better come rested and they better come 
with the idea that they're going to get another physical game. Where are they playing at? That's a good question. Where are in they Dallas. Playing? In Dallas. You're playing indoors in Dallas. You need to be rested, and you need you you know you need to know it's going to be a very fast, very physical game. You're not going to get any help from the elements. You're not going to get any help from the crowd. It's going to be just as loud as it was in San Francisco. You you guys need to you, you, listen, Philly. You got you got a tough game. Like this is one of those games we look at. We're like, man, Philly is so good. You know what? Dallas ain't bad. Mm-hmm. This is the toughest part of your schedule. You're facing the '90s heroes. San Francisco already gave it to you. Now you got to. If you don't beat Dallas, we start having a different conversation about what's going on in the NFC, in the NFC's top top teams. Hundred percent. No, I think kind of to your point, and Lashawn McCoy was saying that you know on speak. I was watching him you know intently this weekend or this week because you know he was very he was very you know heartbroken <laughs> after Sunday's debacle at Philadelphia. Um, basically, this this game is 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 about for NFC supremacy. Who is the top dog, right? Um, for the San Francisco 49ers have beaten have, have proven that they've beaten both. They've gotten Philadelphia, beaten beaten Philly. They've beaten Dallas. At at San Francisco, they beat them in the regular season this past season, and obviously on the road two seasons ago. And this past year, they've shown that they can obviously dominate the Cowboys. Uh, but to your point, I'm rooting for the Cowboys. You know, this weekend and kind of to your '90s kind of throwback. I was actually watching Super Bowl 29, the MC Championship game. The last time the Niners won the Super Bowl back in 1985, 1984 season to 1985, which was the actual games. And uh, it was just great. But, you know, as like a four or five year old, I'm like, whoa, like, you know, it was like it brought me back. But anyways, you know, I'm I mean, saying the San Francisco thing, you want Philadelphia to lose. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. That's why I want them to lose, because I want Dallas. I actually want like to your point about 90s heroes. I want Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. That That's my dream. NFC championship. I, I feel like the NFC Championship game with uh, a Dallas San Francisco championship game would make a lot of money. It would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time Dallas San Francisco plays, the the ticket prices and 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 the viewership, everything goes up through the roof. Everything goes up through the roof. Because Can you imagine the legends that are going to be pregame. Oh my on the goodness! Are you, are you kidding me? Golly, Joe Montana, Jerry They're Rice, all be Steve there. Yeah, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. I mean, Michael what, Irvin. What, what side is Terrell Owens sitting on? Oh my God, Terrell Owens. Sheesh. I, I mean, you know, what side is he going to sit on? Well, he didn't get inducted to the Cowboys Ring of Honor. I think I, I, I he did get inducted to the 49ers Hall of Fame, you know. So I think, <laughs> but you know, he, he, he was on record before he got inducted, saying that he doesn't want to go in as Niner. And I was like, but I, but I feel like now he, he's kind of bridged that gap between the Niners organization. So um, I don't know which side Charles and, I, and also Charles Haley. I think Charles Haley might go on go on on the 49ers and Ken Norton Jr. Well, who won two Super Bowls, you know. If 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 Terrell Owens shows up this weekend. Affiliate in Dallas. What size he sitting on? <laughs> T.O. is one of those characters where it's like, dude, you've been on everybody's team. <laughs> 81, baby. 81 forever. You know, you play, you're on, you're on San Francisco, you're on Dallas, you're on Philly. Like, dang. Wasn't he on Cincinnati for a while too? He was with with, with Ocho Cinco. Yeah, with Ocho Cinco. He's on both, he's on all those teams. My God. T.O., 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 that dude, bro. I mean, I'm and, you know. I'm surprised he didn't make it to New England. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, it's it's really, like you said, I mean, just, yeah, the legends, the the, the narratives, the storylines. I mean, I would just be just so enamored to just get that rematch. Um, we've kind of seen a rivalry reignited with the Cowboys and Niners last postseason. Um, Dallas, or was the last postseason? No, it was two seasons ago. Two po- two postseasons ago, actually, when Dallas and 49 San Francisco went to Dallas and and, uh, and beat them. 
And then last postseason with the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco, the point hours beat them. And it was funny because the first matchup two years ago was in the wild card. The second matchup this past season was in the divisional. So in my opinion, kind of the trilogy, the rubber match needs to be in the, um, you know, it needs to be in the NFC Championship game to kind of close that out. And I really think the NFC is going to take the Super Bowl this year. I think if the Niners come out of the NFC, they're going to take it. Um, grudgingly, begrudgingly, I do admit, if the Cowboys or Philadelphia comes out, they're going to take it. Um, I don't think the AFC – I mean, I think the Baltimore Ravens are definitely the cream of the crop in, in the AFC. However, without Mark Andrews, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, as great as he is, as, as great as Baltimore has been defensively, um, you know, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, areas which, which are yet to be desired. So I'm very excited for tomorrow's game for Dallas, Philadelphia. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win uh, and then continue their 14-game home win streak and make it 15 straight. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win a very close game. Um, I'm thinking Cowboys. Cowboys 20. at home. Yeah. What's the uh, Cowboys record is? What are they at? Hey, they're, they're 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 at nine and three, and at home they they've, yeah. they've won fourteen straight at home. I'm gonna go Dallas by three. Yeah, I'm gonna go Dallas by three. It's funny because it's twenty one twenty four. I was gonna go. Oh, and you called it. Yeah, that's my final score. Um, the the spread the line is three and a half. Is three and a half. So three yeah, is, is go, pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna go I mean, Dallas. Dallas at home. I'm gonna go Dallas by three. They're they're they Dallas is um Dallas is one like you said five straight at home, fourteen straight at home. Fourteen straight at home. Yes. Fourteen straight <laughs> at home. And uh, if they have home field advantage, it's hard to beat a team that wins at home every day. Absolutely. I'm gonna, Absolutely. I'm gonna go Dallas. I'm gonna go Dallas by three. 24-21. Philly. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna say Philly misses at least one field goal. And I'll say maybe an extra point. Yeah, I think Philadelphia. Well, yeah, I think Philadelphia will miss. Um, you know, I think Philly. Philly, I I think Philly's gonna keep it a competitive game. They're not ten and two for no reason, but I think Dallas at home they're gonna they're gonna take it, and um, that's gonna basically make the NFC very interesting moving forward for the rest of this month up until the New Year when the regular season ends, the last week of the, of January. Yeah, um, it's not even it's not even biased. You know, I'm not a Dallas fan. I'm not. Yeah, I know. I'm Me not, too. Yeah, I'm not a Dallas fan at all. But I, I, I think you, you with, with the way the statistics are, 14 straight wins, which includes Philadelphia. For those that didn't know, 14 straight wins at home. They beat they beat Philadelphia at home before when Philadelphia, in my opinion, was better. They were. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I got to say that Dallas Dallas edges out a victory, maybe even a one point win. But I'm going to say for the for, for the purpose of spreads and how football scoring works, aside from anything awkward. Aside from Dallas, I mean Dallas and Dak just decide they forget how to throw. As long as Dak doesn't throw three picks, I think Dallas wins the game. Hundred percent, yeah. So that's pretty much it. I think the only other matchup I want to talk about for tomorrow is Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, this one's kind of weird because I mean, obviously it's like uh, Josh Allen and the offense. They're they've been kind of struggling, but they they've been better like receiving wise and. Josh Allen having chemistry with receivers, and Josh Allen's been throwing a pick in his last every single game, basically last six I'm, games. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Where are they playing? Are they playing in Buffalo or are they playing in Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas City. Buffalo's going to lose this game. See, but I don't know because I think if Philadelphia went into Kansas City and beat them and Buffalo went to Philadelphia before the Irish game and they've been playing them in force overtime, I think Buffalo's offense is a lot more competent than Kansas City's offense. Who's only I, I think Buffalo's offense is more competent. I think yeah. that Josh Allen gets a little squirrely in close games and, and throws – Josh Allen turns into Jameis Winston – in close games, mm-hmm. 
Like if you're if, if Josh Allen's got a 14 point lead, you you might end up with a 30 point lead by the end of the game or a 35 point lead. But if Josh Allen's playing a shootout, Josh Allen's gonna do too much. Cause and, and like this is not a shot at Josh Allen. This is watching him play. He's got just as many interceptions as he does touchdowns this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, but I think I think Josh Allen, though he plays, he elevates his performance every time he plays against Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, so he, he does rise to the occasion. He so that's rise to the occasion. That's the only reason why, and obviously it's just wishful thinking because you know I would much rather the Chiefs, you know, you know, you're better you just put your foot on the on the jugular if you can, you know, keep the Chiefs out of the playoffs <laughs> if possible. I, I would love to see the Bills win this game. One, because I am not a Swifty and I'm so tired of watching I'm... football and having to listen about Swifty stuff all day long. I'm not a Swifty. You're not gonna convince me. I'm not a part of the beehive either. I'm not a barb. I'm none of those things. I'm not a little monster. I, I look. Look, I am a man, baby. I don't care about none of that stuff. I care about if I'm trying to watch some big, strong, sweaty men play football and tackle each other. That's what I'm trying to watch. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, ever since you know the 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 beginning of you know combat sports and Greco-Roman wrestling and and the Olympics and the gladiatorial games and everything like that, people love the spectacle. Football is the last one we got, and uh, please don't ruin that with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's at this point, I think Kansas City reeling, which is great. You know, I really like seeing them reel, um, reeling and, you know, having this publicity. I think, I think Taylor Swift is cursed. <laughs> you know, and I think that unless Travis Kelsey ends up marrying Taylor Swift, we're going to be in a position, we're going to be watching this, this, this drama unfold with Taylor Swift and there are, there are numerous other high profile relationships where something like, happens. Okay. The thing that bothers me the most about it is in all of the other ones, in the modern time, we're not talking about Joe Namath and his 900 women. We're talking about we're talking about modern times. The only time you see somebody is their wife. Even Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari, she was Kristen Cutler. She yeah. married him. Yeah. You know, they were married. You know, uh, the last one we saw was Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. And you <laughs> saw what that did. You saw yeah. what happened to the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everybody else that they're showing all the time is usually a quarterback and is usually a quarterback's wife. Giselle and Tom, they were married. You know, Patrick Mahomes' wife was Patrick Mahomes' wife who got famous, but she was not anyone before that. She was just Patrick Mahomes' wife. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. People like her. She's famous for being an NFL wife. That's cool. Yeah, I don't care. If I was in the NFL, I would want my wife to be famous for being my wife. Yeah. Bring me the money. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's just how it works. But Taylor doesn't need the publicity. Taylor doesn't need the money. Taylor doesn't need the exposure. She's got a movie of her doing what she normally does for work. She doesn't need it. So yeah. that just that being said, it's like, it's, just keep her out of football. Like, it's cool. She's here. But literally, like, there's lots of celebrities at these games because it's the NFL, and there's always celebrities at every NFL game. It's just how it works. Yeah. You know, so I don't really need it. I, I care more about football than their relationship. Like you said, I feel like there's a Taylor Swift curse. I feel like after every, every guy that she dates just has career suicide after that. <laughs> you know, like his career's over at that point. Like, well, unalives, unalives his career. And, and I, I feel like he kind of... Watching him this season, I think he kind of saw that after last season. Not saying because he's—I mean, he's—he's he's basically my age. He's 33, 34. I'm gonna be 34. He's actually he's 34 old. already. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so that's the thing. Like, he's 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 kind of getting up there. You know what I mean? He's kind of getting up there in his twilight years. You're seeing the, ex the explosiveness. The explosiveness isn't really there anymore. If he's he doesn't marry her, bro, this is a waste of time. Absolutely. And and so and what I'm saying is he's lost a step. He's he's trans like you know the 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 new heights podcast with jason his brother the commercials you know and then now the taylor swift and why did he choose to do it at the beginning of this season instead of now it's prior it's because when the show was coming out he was already dating her you know he was already dating her that's that's right. it's already been debunked that this is a new relationship they were already right dating her. right you know and that's cool you know it's I, like i said i don't care Date who you want to date, bang who you want to bang. But all of this extra stuff that's going on right now, if they don't get married and he turns into a musical, he's going to hate himself. Because I'm going to tell you this right here. His brother, his brother has a longer career left than he does. Yeah. NFL centers are not easy to come by. Exactly. I think, and what I was going to say was, that's what, 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 I, what I was trying to go with, with what I was trying, the point I was making, kind of timing or everything. I think Travis Kelsey is preparing for his career transition after the NFL. I think he's already seen the writing on the wall. I think Travis Kelsey is basically because when his game is so predicated on speed and he's not much of a blocker like a George Kittle, like he's basically, you know, he's a, not going to say one dimensional, but basically one dimensional because they flex you out at Y and you're, and, and you're basically a Y receiver. What do Y receivers rely on? Speed, right? Um, yeah. And they essentially, you know that's uh that 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 and and with that said, I mean I think he's gonna basically you know transition to a career in media. He's great talking. He's great market. He's a great market marketable personality. You know. Yeah, he is. Like I said, nothing against Travis Kelsey. I just don't know if I would make this much of a deal about it. And I I don't think it's all him. I just think that he doesn't help out. He doesn't. No, and I mean, and but I think to your point, I mean, this is kind of you know he's he's kind of done to himself. He even said that on on his own podcast, New Heights. It is what it is. At this point, you know, it's a, it's been, if you want to say damage is done or what have you, right? But he, it is what it is. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are now unanimous. <laughs> and unless, like you said, unless they get married, I mean, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen here. But uh, at the end of the day, Travis Kelsey is going to prepare for a career transition in the media. Um, and then essentially, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I think maybe he'll be in the Kansas City for maybe one or two more seasons max. I, I, I don't see him. I hope he marries her. Yeah. Hey, hey, for everybody that thinks that I'm just a hater, I'm not. I hope that he marries her, and I hope that we tag her and him so we can get more views. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, views are one thing, but I mean, you know, we want to give views to it, notability for that thing. And some other headlines: Green Bay obviously being Kansas City last week. I think Green Bay, you know, and, and I'm sure this hurts you, but I think Green Bay is going to make a push for the NFC Wildcard spot. I mean, there's a very good chance that they go 11 and six. Um, uh, Detroit slowing down. When, yeah. Regardless, like I liked Detroit's earlier this season. I think they're slow. I think the Bears beating them slowed them down a lot. Mm -hmm. You could tell last week that they were a whole lot slower than than they than they normally are. Um, I feel like I feel like Green Bay's got a got a good chance to sneak in there. They do and make it to the playoffs. Yeah. And one of the most kind of remarkable things is Jordan Love's statistics mirror Aaron Rodgers' statistic in his first year. Has started They're almost identical. Right. They're almost and the identical. And the record's almost identical, too. The only difference is Jordan Love is, can actually get them into the postseason, which Aaron, which Aaron Rodgers couldn't do in his first season. So that's kind of remarkable. No, the other, teams, the other teams were too good. 
Absolutely. And I think I'm at that point. I think that's why, you know, I think this is kind of interesting to see how Green Bay as well has kind of just been home run hitters with quarterbacks. They got yeah, Brett Favre. Minnesota was too good. Chicago was too good. That was what that was what the reason why Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to get in at the beginning of his careers because Chicago was too good. And we got to face it. That Chicago team. We wish we had that team now. Yeah. That, that Chicago team in this era. They would have been some real monsters in the midway. Absolutely, because, yeah, I mean, because with Brian Urlacher, with all those guys, you know, Lance, I mean. Peanuts Tillman, Lance Briggs, you had Jay Cutler playing phenomenal, Brandon Marshall, like, those guys were good football players, man. Very good, very good football players. I mean, it it was, yeah, so I think kind of with that said, I think. Spice (laughs) Adams. I believe he was a rookie at the same time. He was a rookie at the same time, yeah. And so I was going to say, kind of with that said, you know, I think, um, yeah, with 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 Green Bay, I mean, uh, they've always they've always, they've had like lean, they've had some lineage in terms of getting good quarterbacks, and that's going to continue. Uh, can I wrap up the NFL segment? You know, for this for this episode, I think the Niners, um, you know, next kind of but they play the Seahawks tomorrow, and after Seahawks, let me go pull up the schedule real quick so I can make sure that I have the accurate. That's going to be a good game. That's going to oh, be a good game. Well, Niners I mean, Seahawks is a good yeah. game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the good thing is, is that it's at home. So, you know, and Niners cannot get sloppy because anyone can, can get beat. So, Niners play the Seahawks, and they have to go play um, the Cardinals, and they have to go play the Then, <laughs> on Christmas Day, the Baltimore Ravens come into Levi Stadium. And that is going to be, in my opinion, a potential Super Bowl, a Super Bowl preview if the teams keep playing at, at, at their current level. So, we'll see how good Niners can scheme against mobile quarterbacks because they've all struggled against mobile quarterbacks historically. And the Commanders and the and the Rams. So there's a very good chance, you know, and people are saying the Niners can win out. If they win out, then that means heading into the postseason, Niners, the Niners will have won nine straight games heading into the postseason. So that's, you know, granted, there's still a lot of football to be played up until January 7th, um, the last game of the regular season. So hopefully the Niners can continue this momentum. And uh, we'll see how good the game of the year, in my opinion, did Philadelphia and Dallas turn to shit that tomorrow. Really hope Dallas can pull it out. Now, let's transition over to wrestling. All right, yeah. Randy Orton. Randy Orton is back in the WWE, but that was upstage by Survivor Series return of Chicago's own, the best in the world, C.M. Punk. My man Cortez, Chicago, Chicago native. Talk to Chicago me, baby. Made. Talk to Chicago me, baby. Made punk. Look, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Yes. Especially because the wrestling side of this podcast is going to pick up now. Look, y'all. I absolutely love CM Punk. I love his wife, AJ. So beautiful. He picked the right one. Okay. She's supportive. She's a great author. You know, she's she still looks, she's you know, amazing. Hey, uh, CM, CM Punk, Phil, whatever you choose to go by today, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, hey, do your thing, man. Just just stay away from Roman. Just stay away from <laughs> Cody. Stay away from Cody and stay away from Roman, and we'll and we'll be fine. You can do whatever you want with Drew and Seth, especially Drew. <laughs> like <laughs> listen drew listen drew it's a love-hate relationship with me and you man i feel like a lot of people like you and for a good reason because you're a fantastic personality you're a fantastic wrestler and outside the ring i've heard you're a wonderful human being you don't resonate with me though so i'm gonna tell you right now we the ones stay away from jay uso stay away from roman reigns stay away from solo sokoa you know i hope cm punk you know you know makes you go to sleep and uh and that's just the way that it's got to be seth Go get some rest. Hang out with your daughter, man. Hang out with your daughter. Hang out with your beautiful wife. And I think that she can do the same because 
We don't need to have overexposure of amazing talent like you guys. Take a note from the Attitude Era. I'm going to jog your memories a little bit because now we're talking about wrestling. I believe the year was 1998. Now, 1998 is an is a interesting year because that was one of the first times that the World Federation Championship was not defended for six months. It was not defended at the Royal Rumble. It was not defended at any other pay-per-views until WrestleMania. There was a lot of theatrics going on around the title. We have Bret Hart that was in there for a little. No, Bret Hart was just gone. Owen was in the picture before, you know, tragedy. We had The Undertaker. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we had the uh, a young Rocky, Rocky well, The Rock. And not the Rocky Maivia. The Rock was there. We had a young The Rock leading the nation of domination. And uh, we had we had guys in there like, you know, uh, a friend of the show, Ken Shamrock. He was in the he was in the picture. You know, Steve Blackman was in there for a bit in the in the rogues gallery with Kane and a couple others. You know, we we're trying to figure out if Kane was, you know, the was going against the Undertaker or was he the, the, on the other side. Kane won the title for a day and Mankind came in there, too, won the title for a little bit. This is 1998. So here's what was going on. in 98 guys. Shawn Michaels got injured in a match. And he finished the match, but he didn't wrestle again for six months until WrestleMania. And he lost at WrestleMania when Iron Mike turned on him and Stone Cold Steve Austin did what Stone Cold does. And he stunned him, threw him out the ring, and it was the end. You know, that was the Shawn Michaels retired the next night on Monday Night Raw. And the new DX was introduced with the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac and, um, and uh, Triple H at the, at the helm of it. And uh, this is how you make championships seem more glorious. Big time Bex didn't work. And the reason why big time Bex didn't work is because you were there every night. It's calling it, calling it how I see it. Seth Rollins is doing a great job with the title, except it's not the United States championship, man. You don't have to defend it every night. It's not the intercontinental title, which is hardly ever defended anymore. You don't have to defend it every night. Look at the number of the title defenses of the Intercontinental Championship up until now. It's, it took high level with the Miz all the way down ever since to where they hardly ever defend the title. And now people want the Intercontinental Championship. The U.S. title, we have seen it one time. One time since Survivor Series. And it was not defended. It was in a segment, a talk show segment. The tag team titles, they've been defended a few times. They've changed hands a few times. But let's look who they changed hands to. Back to Jey Uso. Back to the Judgment Day. Cammy and, Sammy and Kevin have split. You get an influx of new wrestling talent that's come back and in. You got Randy Orton back. You got CM Punk back. Randy Orton signs with SmackDown, which means that CM Punk is going to sign with Monday Night Raw. The voice of the voiceless character is back. He dropped the almost identical pipe bomb promo last week, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And I can see him going after the title, not Cody. Everybody's like, oh, Cody's going to go after it. No, he isn't. Cody doesn't want to go after that title. 
Cody's got one goal. And it ain't the big goal. Hey, tell everybody that. Cody's got to beat Roman. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I don't. Why? Because what, what is Randy back for? Randy's going to feud with Roman. If he wins, I don't know. He's going to feud with Roman. That's the reason he came back to SmackDown. Maybe that's a Royal Rumble feud. Maybe that's a Crown Jewel feud. Because isn't Crown Jewel after the Royal Rumble? No. Or, no. Yes. It's like kind of weird because this year they did in August. I'm not sure when they're doing it now. October, whenever it was. So. so, so well, there's two, right? There's Crown Jewel and then there's... What's Elimination the Chamber. The other, what, what's, the other, this, what's the name of the other show they do in Saudi? Uh, Night of Champions. Right. So Night of Champions is going to be in Saudi Arabia again. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be in May after WrestleMania. I, I would say that and that's after WrestleMania. So they're not going back to Saudi before WrestleMania. No. Okay. I was expecting them to go back at least once more before that. Because when's Riyadh's season over? No, no. I know they were there. I know Riyadh season is a huge one for all the sporting events. UFC's there. I know uh, there's a couple soccer events that are there. Obviously, they they had Crown Jewel already. Um, Greatest Royal Rumble is probably never happening again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever. It took forever. But um, I would I would hazard a guess to say that Randy Orton has a feud with Roman at Elimination Chamber, and I would ha- or or we get thrown an audible. And Randy wins Elimination Chamber and uh and, and fights Roman at another pay-per-view. Was it Fastlane? Yep. Randy wins the Elimination Chamber and fights him at Fastlane. And then Randy loses that Fastlane and somebody has to call that chip. But if Cody wins the Royal Rumble, you know what he's doing. Yeah. So if Cody wins the Royal Rumble again, which I think there's a pattern for repeat rumble winners am i wrong they nope. they win the first rumble they lose the championship match they win the second rumble happened with what happened with um with michaels austin lesnar and reigns all four of them lost and then won the second one mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah 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 austin uh michaels austin Lesnar reigns. All four of them won two Royal Rumbles, lost the first one, won the second one, and then and then went and won the ch- the title afterwards. So I think that if Cody wins this one, based on history of the other guys that did it, including one of the ones that's holding it right now, that he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take that title from him at WrestleMania. But yeah. th- at that point, do you lose out on do you lose out on the Rock? Because because let's face the facts here, they missed that opportunity. And I would have preferred to have that bloodline story develop, but maybe it's because people got tired of the bloodline. Maybe it's because they wanted to bring it back at a later time. You know, maybe it's because the bloodline, even if Roman loses, Roman doesn't stay lost. Because I could totally see, I could totally see this happening. And I think you can too. I could totally see Roman losing, 
at WrestleMania to Cody. I could see Cody losing at Night of Champions to someone else. Mm-hmm. I could see I could see Cody coming back and winning the title from that person after Night of Champions, which would be backlash. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah, I could see to- Cody winning it back at Backlash. I could see Cody dropping it to someone else, possibly Roman by Survivor Series or SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Let's say SummerSlam. Cody yeah. will drop it back to Roman at SummerSlam, and Roman holds it from SummerSlam to WrestleMania to face The Rock. Yeah. The bloodline gets back together. With everybody. And Roman goes on to have a or a blood feud, which would make it great. If the bloodline doesn't completely get back together, it would start off with Jimmy versus Jay. And then Jimmy or Jay versus Solo. And then somebody else would come up, maybe whether it be Joseph or you know, the other cousin that just got signed a couple of months ago mm-hmm. that's been been in developmental, whether he comes up, you know, or even the Rock's daughter comes up and joins and joins Jay as her valet. And starts to wrestle more on on the main on the main roster. I can see the Rock coming back and joining their side of the faction if his daughter chooses. If Simone chooses to to support Jay, because this Jay Uso story is not over. That was a great match against Seth last night. Yeah. yeah so that was a great night. That was a great match against Seth. Not last night, Monday. That was a great match again. If you haven't seen it by now, it's it's Saturday. You guys, I'm not spoiling nothing. If you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks to be you, but yeah, Jay Uso lost to Seth. Um, I'm I'm happy that Randy's back. I'm 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 happy that CM Punk's where he's where he should be. Because I know your feelings about AEW, <laughs> and you know what? I owe you an apology, man. Maybe not an apology, but maybe you know a, a consolation. I really did think that AEW had a shot at being better than what it was, but you from the very beginning, you called it for what it was. And you said they're nowhere near being able to put on the type of show that we're used to seeing. And you were 100% correct. And I think that everyone around them right now is getting to understand that. And I think that all of the big talent is starting to understand that. And AEW is slowly turning into WCW. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a bad thing because at least with this crop, these guys are much better wrestlers. I mean, I like Edge. I like Christian. I like that Sting is retiring. I don't get why Ric Flair gets so much trash. Like, I don't know if it's Ric Flair fatigue from the newer generation, but Ric Flair's goaded, man. Like, like leave him alone. Like, he's just being Rick. We <laughs> loved him. We loved him for 50 years because he did this. It's just that now he's old, and you guys are going to dump on him because he's old. But, yeah, yeah, he said some insensitive things, but this is a this is a this is one of those worlds where like life ain't comfortable. So I'm glad we got we got we get to see Rick off. You know, maybe not the way that you know that WWE wanted him to go away, but hey, it's Ric Flair. He's never gonna stay gone until the day he dies. You know, that's just how it goes. As long as Charlotte is around, Rick will be around. Yeah. You know, and even if Rick's gone, as in you know into the great beyond, Charlotte's gonna talk about him every day after that. Because wouldn't you? Yeah. Just how it is. Cody still talks about his dad. Randy still talks about his dad and grandpa. We can't go five minutes without hearing something about the NOIE family. 
it's it's part of his legacy. It's part of her legacy. Like, let him do it. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah. They're more fun than AEW is. Absolutely. You know, even though WWE yeah. is kind of wired down, it's for kids. I mean, it's crazy because Wait. CM Punk and Randy have kind of brought this element of the unknown. This kind of, like you said, breaking the fourth wall, as well as kind of, like you said, pipe bombs and whatnot. This kind of bringing that adult audience back into it. And CM Punk is actually doing a really good job of kind of working with the confines of structure. And, you know, I said, the big question mark is, will he behave or will, he, or will we have another press conference from hell like he did with Tony Khan last year? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, but I, I personally think that that's not going to happen. They're paying seven figures. AW couldn't match that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the money's way too good for CM and, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I mean, at the end of the day, it, Tony still owes him money unless they, unless he signed an agreement to not get paid. Yeah, and the whole Cole Cabana, Cabana fiasco, Hangman page. I mean, that none of that's on him. I mean, I really don't feel like a, a lot of it was on him, but none of it, none of it's directly on Phil. You know what I mean? I and, mean but, if it wasn't for the fact that most of them are still having the same problems that they had before, yeah, they're still having like these guys. Like it's just that these bigger names that they brought in, mm-hmm. they're they. It's more notable because who cares if you're fighting with Jungle Boy? Hundred percent. Okay, wrap it up. AEW down. WWE up. Just incredible. Welcome back. Welcome uh, back, Justin. Welcome back, Justin. And NFL coming up. Big matchup tomorrow. Game of the year. And that will determine NFC and obviously playoff implementations. So we'll see if the Niners can, you know, hopefully capitalize. We'll see who can come out of the MVP race on top of the last five games of the season. My bold prediction for tomorrow, like we just, well, we were predicted, made our picks for tomorrow. I think we both have Dallas winning by three, 24-21. And um, we'll see how it tips out. Cortez, any final Dallas, thoughts? Of, any closing Dallas thoughts? Dallas over Philadelphia, San Francisco over Seahawks. And, um, hey, you guys stay safe out there. This world that we live in is a little bit crazy. Hey, don't, don't, don't let the negativity get you down on anybody's side. You know, just live a good life. 100%. Now, everyone, you know, who's ever suffering or, you know, has someone suffering, you know, with either race, reason, events, the world, or what have you, you know, just, you know, let's you know. I mean, you know, my thoughts, prayers go out to all of you. And, uh, you know, like you said, like Cortez said, you know, definitely, definitely don't let it bring you down, you know, and there's definitely sources out there, there's communities. So, yeah, it's a tough time we're in, but, you know, I think we'll get through it. So, with that said, thank you all for tuning in. Y'all, God bless. Stay safe and have a great weekend.